This is John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Wanted to say just a quick word to thank everyone who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. And remind you, you can get a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com, a digital subscription where you get all of our sports coverage. That's Kentucky basketball with Jerry Tipton, Kentucky football with Josh Moore. You get our my columns, Mark Story's columns. You get Kentucky recruiting, basketball recruiting with Ben Roberts. You get all of our high school coverage with Jared Peck. $30 for the first year for a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com. Please check that out. Go to Kentucky.com, hit the subscribe button, check out all of our offers. And once again, we thank everyone who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. And on this particular podcast, we're going to talk about pro football focus, specifically pro football focus college. And I talked with Seth Galena, who is a senior football analyst with pro football focus. I've been a big fan of pro football focus for quite a while. In the last couple of years, it's expanded out to do more college football with PFF College. And I wanted to talk to Seth about pro football focus with they do there how they grade the players i know the great the player grading gets a lot of interest a lot of play on twitter and so forth and i wanted to talk to seth about what he does there how they go about their work and and also about the trends that he's seen in college football this year and about kentucky what he thinks of kentucky so far in this 2020 season so let's not waste any more time this uh, this is my conversation with seth galena a pro football focus my guest now on the podcast is Seth Galena of Pro Football Focus. He is the senior college football analyst at PFF. How are you doing today, Seth? I am great. That's good. Uh, I just finished watching a whole bunch of SEC games, uh, trying to wrap my head around what happened last weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> I'll bet. Seth, uh, first of all, I just wanted to get in a little bit about, uh, before we talk about that, about uh, uh uh, pro football focus is specifically PFF college. Uh, what, what you guys do, how, how do, how long have you been, uh, how long have you been with uh, pro football focus? Uh, I've been at PFF since April this season. So what is that? Six months now, something okay. like that. And how did you, now you, you're from Canada originally. Is that right? Uh, so I was born in New Orleans Oh, and that's where the, uh, the, the 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 love of southern football comes in okay good. and uh yeah and then I, but I, I i've been in, in montreal quebec uh for for many many years oh, okay um but that's why i'm the, the new orleans thing is is why i'm a saints fan and, and an lsu fan so okay i got you i got you uh yeah that's a good place to <laughs> i can see where a love of football can grow from there no doubt about it and how did you uh uh how did you end up at uh at, at pff uh, well, I guess my story is that I, I coached football for a long time up here in Canada, college football. And I mean, I, you know, I don't know if there's going to be any, uh, if you have any listeners who are, who are uh, low, you know, low college coaches, you know, division two, II, division three, uh, that type of thing. Oh, yeah. uh, they'll tell you right now, there's not a lot of money in, college, right. in, in the lower ranks of college football. Right. So I just, you know, I, I, I started writing and uh, started writing about LSU. At uh, and the valley shook, 
and did that for about three, four years. Okay. And then uh, I guess uh, I guess PFF uh, they like me, so now I'm now I write uh, you know about the college football in general now. Okay. Well, great. Yeah. Yeah. And the Valley Shook, I've checked that out before. Uh, uh, what, uh, what attracted you to, what, what made you want to work for PFF? Uh, you know, it's very simple. They, we have a very large database of plays that I can sort through whenever I want to. Right. And that is, uh, for, you know, for, for someone who's now a former, uh, football coach, it's, uh, it's incredible. I mean, I could just, whenever I want to, I can just look up, uh, you know, look Kentucky uh, third downs when they were in trips formations. Okay, cool. Got it. No problem. Like, it's just, it's wonderful. So uh, I have a lot of fun doing that, uh, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis, really. And uh, and I just like, honestly, PFS is just, they've really become major players in not just uh, the analytical world, but just the, you know the media world with the content, and I mean that's that's what side I'm on. So right. uh, I used to do uh, like a lot of people. I used to do their 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 work charting as an analyst right. um, a few years ago, and now I'm and now I'm uh, just one of their one of their content providers, I guess. But yeah, talk to me about the charting part of it, which I guess, which is basically, I, think, I know what Pro Football Focus is at least first known for and primarily known for the grading of players and so forth. What's that like to chart a game? How do you go about charting a game if, if you're a charter working for for PFF? So there's like so many different processes because we're trying to get um so many, so many of the different things that happen on each individual football play charted down uh, and, and put into our database. So, you know, you could be doing coverages where you're just looking at, you know, every play uh, from a certain game and all the coverages, and then and then charting them down uh, in, within our guidelines. Or you could be doing the run the run schemes. You could be charting all the different routes that are run. There's so much, and then and then there's all you know other stuff like time to throw, and there's uh, formations and this and that, and and, and the players on the field. And then, like you said, the thing we're known for the most is our player grading, and that's that's obviously a big part of it. Where we have uh, a gigantic manual; it's like 400 pages uh, of uh, you know each position, how to grade it. And we go from minus two to plus two, so it goes zero, uh, 0.5, one, 1.52, and then the same on the on the negative side. And, um, and then it all, you know, I look, I'm not a mathematician. I'm not, that's not what I do. Uh, so it, it eventually gets calculated, um, into, into a, uh, into a, uh, a number for us, for us non-math folks to understand. And, and that, yeah, that's our big thing. But like I said, I mean, we, we have so much more right. of just, um, like I said, coverages and, and formations and, and this and that and all all the stuff that we can chart and like, oh, how does the team perform when they go play action? How does the team perform when they go uh, no huddle? Understand all that stuff. So just just a, a, a wickedly vast database that we have, and uh, and then we try and use it for all. You know, you go on pff.com. Even if you don't have a subscription, I do recommend the subscription to it right. uh, to all of our services, of course. Right. But um, you know, all our content, all our writing has that information in there, and it's not just necessarily. Oh, this guy was an 88.5 player, and he did well because the other team's cornerback was only 75.5 or whatever. It's like really more in depth than that, I think. Right. No. Yeah. No. I'm a subscriber to the PF College where you can get the player grades and so forth, and you have like the uh, snap counts and that sort of thing. Uh, and yeah, it's very you know, comprehensive. 
to go along with just the regular coverage that you guys do of uh, the stories that you write and the observations and so forth that you make is uh, I know that's a, that's kind of a lot of what you what you're doing now, correct? Yeah, I mean, especially like I'll, I'll just go and watch uh, on Sunday morning, just going to rewatch all the games, but obviously having it with, and I think for for a lot of people who are in the media, I'm sure yourself included, it's like you you go and rewatch, like if you're going to rewatch Kentucky, and now you can, you know, what I have the benefit of is rewatching it and then seeing, you know, as I see something as I'm watching and saying, hey, wait, they, they keep doing this thing. Right. You know, they keep going in this formation, they keep doing this pass or whatever it is. And now I can, I can like actually have the numbers for that and say, Oh, they actually did do this. So no, they only did it a couple of times. My brain was fooling me. Right. And um, I think for me, that's, that's uh, again, as, as a former football coach, like you can't get anything better than that. Right. Right. No, no. Yeah. I've got the data there and the databases you mentioned yeah. to back it up and so forth with all the information. Well, I did want you, I did want to talk to you about what you're seeing this year. Uh, I know you do a lot of SEC stuff as well, as uh, well as uh, college football in general. Wh- what have you seen so far? I know this is, this is a crazy year with COVID. The big Ten's just starting this weekend. Uh, what, what are your impressions so far just of college football overall of how they're handling the COVID situation and what kind of trends are you seeing so far? You know, I, I don't. I, I, we, we just found out maybe I don't know twenty minutes ago um, at the time we we're recording this that it looks like the Mountain West. I think it's Colorado State and New Mexico. They're out this weekend, and they're just that's it. They're, that game is off the books. Yeah. So it's every you know you know the later that these conferences are are, are are kind of joining the rest of the of the party, the harder it's going to be to make up these games. Like the SEC has had to do already. And it looks like, you know, we'll take it week by week, but it looks like the SEC has a plan for this stuff. And, and especially the way that they they maneuvered all the bye weeks around and having the week before the SEC championship game. So, you know, there's going to be some, some maneuverability with some of the conferences. But then I think one of the most interesting things is going to be, you know, when we talk about like in the, in the national title um, race, in the playoff race, what if this happens to – to an Oregon, to an Ohio State when they're – and Ohio State ends up only playing seven games. Oregon ends up only playing six games. You know, where do we put them? You know, uh, Oregon goes 6-0, and but Georgia goes, goes uh, I don't know, 8-2 and or 9-1 or, 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 or whatever it is. It would be like, how are we going to rate these teams? I think that's going to be uh, – it's going to be – I was going to say it's going to be fascinating. I think there's probably a more negative word for it, but yeah. – uh, <laughs> But yeah, chaos we'll, we'll see be. how it plays out. Yeah, chaos. chaos exactly. <laughs> um, and and the trends I'm seeing, honestly, and, and this goes back, um, you know, we, we kind of saw it the past, let's say since like 2015, 2016, is just the amount of three-man fronts, so like what we call odd fronts, instead of the, the classic four defensive linemen. Uh, in a gap type of thing that we saw for, for many, many years in, in all of football. And we're seeing more of that three-man front. Kentucky does it uh, as well as anyone, really. And it's everywhere now. It is absolutely everywhere. We're seeing a lot of the three-safety stuff where you're getting, you're getting less people in the box but more speed on the field with an extra safety. And that has just absolutely taken over uh, college football and especially the SEC, and we, we you know look look what it's done to the air raid. Yeah. 
Right. You know, LSU had had just yeah, and LSU just had one of the worst game plans of all time against against a Mike Leach coach team in, in week one against Mississippi State. And then since then, teams have just said, okay, well, wait a minute. Let's not blitz. Let's not even, let's not even rush four guys. We're going to rush three guys. We're going to drop eight, everyone in coverage. And they've been, uh, they've been suffocated, really, uh, for the past three weeks. So I think that is, for me, the biggest trend is, like, the amount of odd fronts, the amount of three safety stuff. It's just – it's becoming – not a novelty novelty thing that Iowa State started a few years ago. It is college football right now. Yeah, and I know I listen to your podcast. You host the PFF College Football Podcast. I know you guys have talked about that on there, especially with regards to what it's done to Mississippi State. Do you think it is that just uh, the the odd man front, the three man front, and playing, you know, three safeties and so forth? Is that just an out uh, a development from the fact that college teams are throwing the ball more than they have in the past, or is there another factor involved? So I, I believe. And I'm not I'm certainly not a historian here, but I believe that the three, the, the odd fronts, and because they're very different than like the odd front that we would think of, the three four we would think of with, right. you know, I'm trying to think like the Giants in the 80s, right. you know, Lawrence Taylor and Harry Carson. Yeah, that traditional where it's almost more like a five two, right. you know, because you have all these, you have the three three burly defensive linemen inside. And then you have the, you know, the speed outside linebackers who are really defensive ends on the outside. And what's changed is now what, what it's called the tight front. Um, I got that word from, from Dave Aranda uh, years ago and he was, and he ran it for, for years at LSU and before that at Wisconsin right. and, and now Baylor. So what's, what the idea is, is we put all these three defensive linemen inside the tackles what we're actually really doing is we're trying to defeat the double teams that happen on zone running plays. So on a zone play by the offensive line, they want to get double teams. They want to push two pushing one defensive lineman into a linebacker, and then they can come off and block one for one. Once you've pushed the defensive lineman off the ball, two yards and playing the three inside, uh, even though there's no, like, you know, like, traditional pass rushing outside linebacker, or sometimes there's just one on the field. What's happening is that the line can't double. You're getting one-on-one blocks and you're able to defeat the zone play that way, that way. And I think that's why teams have gone to it because zone is such a prevalent right. uh, play in, the, in modern football and not, not just college, but in the NFL too. And, 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 and high school too, for that matter. So I think that's, one of the reasons we're seeing it, that's why one of the reasons we saw the tight front come in. And now the, you know, taking off a linebacker and making him a safety at a little deeper depth, that has to do with what you're saying is, okay, well, now teams are going to start throwing the ball all the time if they can't run it. So we need to put more speed on the field. So it's like that, that trickle down effect from starting with the, the modern spread offense being a zone running offense. And it's led to where we are now with the tight front and the three high safety. Yeah. It, as a, you know, it, it's a, it's a kind of a push pull thing. The offense adapts to what the defense is doing. The defense adapts back. Then the offense has to adjust. I mean, it's just continually a game of adjustments. I'd say your coaching background figures into that. 
Yeah, well, I, I had the ability to uh, run that exact defense very badly. I will, I will admit, uh, for a season in, in, in 2018. So, really? like, we, we we put you know what 20 we put that that defense in. Uh, we didn't know anything about it. Uh, we you know we talked to some other coaches and stuff, but we really didn't know anything about it. And even us not knowing anything about it, we totally shut down really? teams' uh, zone running game. <laughs> Uh, we, we trust me. We had other issues, but uh, at least that particular thing we were able to deal with. So yeah, uh, a little bit of experience there. Uh, what What have you seen from the SEC so far? Is uh, I mean, Alabama obviously coming off the big win over Georgia uh, on Saturday. Uh, you got Georgia's three and one, Texas A and M's three and one, but the rest of the league is pretty much everybody's two and two or one and two, with exception of Vanderbilt. I think Mississippi State and Ole Miss are one and three. What What are your impressions of the SEC so far? It's going to be hard for anyone to beat Alabama right now, the way that they're playing on offense, and it's like it almost doesn't even matter how the defense has played, and they've been just okay, I think, right. for the past. For the, I mean, we saw what happened to against Ole Miss. And even, you know, Georgia moved the ball on them and probably could have scored more if there wasn't for some kind of fluke turnovers, uh, you know, in Alabama territory, you know, first the first Georgia snap of the game. So they, it's tough to picture, you know, college football has changed so much. And, like, you got to score now. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure who can go score for score with them. I think maybe, you know, this is weird. Like, maybe LSU can because yeah. – Okay, they haven't played anyone. Uh, you know, we're talking Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Mississippi State, but they've looked very good on offense, and it's surprising because of how many players they lost uh, from a season ago when they were, you know, the best offense of all time. Right. So maybe they can go toe to toe with Alabama, even though the, the LSU's defense is just is this awful this year. Maybe they can be in a shootout. Um, Kentucky, you know, if, they, if if Kentucky were to like somehow play Alabama in like. In, in uh, I'm not sure if they're playing in the regular season, but in the SEC championship they're game, playing in November. You know, Kentucky yeah. could control. Oh, right, so Kentucky could control the 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 trenches. And that might that might give Alabama some trouble, though. Of course, Georgia could do the same thing, and, and they gave them no right. trouble. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just look at Alabama right now and what they're doing on offense, throwing the ball down the field, play action all the time. Uh, it's it's wonderful, honestly. Like I mean, I'm certainly not an Alabama fan, but I can appreciate you get off No, LSU. No, you can't be an Al. It's not allowed to be an Alabama. Fan. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about what about Kentucky? What are your impressions of Kentucky and and uh, the job that Mark Stoops has been able to do here? I am in love with what they do on defense. Uh, you know, we talk about the same thing, a tight front, a lot of three high safety stuff, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. But what I, what I really love is, is the confusion that they create on defense. And, and we saw it in, in, in full form against, uh, against Tennessee last weekend. Just the, the amount of safety rotations, they're not showing you anything until you snap the football. And then they're coming into all sorts of funky stuff. I know they did a lot of it last year. Um, but this year is paying off. I mean, you know, top 10 in, 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 in efficiency in, in college football and defense this year. Uh, they can really stop the pass. That's, that uh, is incredible how good they've been in, uh, uh, at stopping the pass. They're controlling things in the middle. They're allowing their playmakers at the second level. Kelvin Joseph has been incredible for them, too, uh, to 
to to fly around and, and make plays and can confuse quarterbacks. And I, honestly, it's been one of the most fun defenses that I've that I've been able to watch so far this year. Yeah. And, on, and on offense, I mean, they control the line of scrimmage. We knew we knew that they were going to do that. They need to be able to hit some more plays in the passing game. I think that's right. for sure. But you know, this is what they are, right? We Terry Wilson, this is what Terry Wilson is. Um, they're going to run the football. Maybe a little more play action. Uh, would be good for them. But, but other than that, I think they're going to be in a lot of football games this year. Yeah, yeah, talking about controlling the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's the one thing I've noticed in your all in your grading and ratings and so forth. How well the Kentucky offensive line has graded out uh, in, in many of your games, uh, not just last year but uh, so far this year as well. Yeah, I mean, so like I, I think they were already a top three unit, maybe even uh, offensive line unit going into the season, maybe the top one, honestly. And then they they really have been. Tremendous this year. I see Darian Kennard, uh, an elite grade, 89.6. That's that's really good. Uh, and you have Luke Fortner. I'm uh, sorry, Drake Jackson, 80.3. Like, these are super, super good grades. I mean, it's really between them and and, uh, and Notre Dame. It's like one of the top really? offensive lines in, um, in, the, in the country. And they run the ball. So I think the only problem is I think they're not creating enough explosive. They're running the ball. They're churning out their yardage, no problem. Maybe a little more, uh, if they can find a little more explosive plays in the running game, right. uh, that would be, that would, that would help obviously a lot because they're, they're not getting them enough in the passing game. So one of the, you know, it's got to happen somewhere. You got to have, like I said, you got to go throw up a throw up with some teams. So if Kentucky can do that on the offensive line in the running game, uh, that'll go uh, that'll go a long way to to them winning winning some big games this year. Yeah. Well, so tell me what you've got coming up. What are you looking for, like uh, for this weekend and the future? What are you paying particular attention to? Uh, I think that Georgia still showed me that they are. It's just a top defensive team, and maybe the best defensive team in the country, even though they lost 41 points. They Their statistics in just in man coverage are absolutely incredible. Really? So I'm hoping, you know, it's just like one of those things where I just like, I'm neutral about Georgia, but it would be cool if they just had a season where they completely locked down in man coverage. I would love to watch that. Um I, I'm, cur- I'm curious to see if Mike Leach adapts his right. offense. Because, the, uh, you know, like, you just can't – it's not working. Clearly, it's not working. The offensive line has not been very good. So, even when teams are, are only rushing three, they're getting pressure. That's obviously not good. I think if he wants to run the ball – if he wants to throw the ball more, he's got to run it about, I don't know, 8% more, 10% more, and just just some balance. And, you know, balance doesn't mean, in this case, 50-50 run pass. It means 70-30. Right. <laughs> but that's what the number is. And it can't be, it can't be 80-20 anymore. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see how they play. And then I'll, <laughs> I'm just curious to see if Bo Pelini fixes anything at, at, in Baton Rouge because, uh, <laughs> oh, it's been bad. It has been bad. Yes. So, yeah, I guess those are my three biggest biggest things. And then I'm like, Alabama, I, I, I know. I'm going to keep talking about them because they are – unbelievable to watch on offense. Yeah. Mac Jones has been maybe the best quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence this year, and maybe even just as good as Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence hasn't had to do anything in this game yeah. so far, and he might not until the playoffs. Um, so just Mac Jones is absolutely incredibly accurate, and those receivers are just uh, special. And, and, and Sarkeesian is all of a sudden a genius play caller again. Right. So, like, everything's just coming up Alabama, of course. Right. For the for the 20th straight year, everything's coming up time. So that's always, that's always fun, I'm sure, for everyone else in the NCC. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it seems the more things change uh, with Saban, the more yeah. they stay the same. So it seems like his coaching staff's always in constant turnover, but they still continue. They just keep right on winning. And like you say, they've been unbelievable on offense this year. Uh, and Mac jo- Mac Jones was a kid actually who committed to Kentucky, but then when Alabama offered, that that was it for Kentucky. <laughs> he took that Alabama offer. Yeah, I guess that's uh, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to not be sucked into the Death Star of uh, Tuscaloosa. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> well, Seth, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Tell the listeners how they can follow you uh, on Twitter, and uh, and I'll highly recommend your podcast. Uh, tell the listeners how they can check out your work. Uh, on Twitter, PFF underscore Seth, uh, S-E-T-H. And then just go to PFF.com um, and, and check out all of our guys' work there. And you can we have so much more. This is our first year really getting into college football content. So we have, uh, you know, it's not, I'm not saying it's as much as we do in the NFL side, but it's still a lot. And like you mentioned, you can go subscribe and get the college football grades in advance that um that i think are 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 great and they and they it's just great to start discourse on stuff like that you know so uh i'm excited for where we're going with college football at pff and uh and yeah yeah that's where you can find me well that's great Uh, i've been a loyal follower and will continue to be and i highly recommend everything on uh, pro football focus and i recommend the podcast as well uh thanks seth i appreciate you being on the podcast no problem Okay, my thanks to Seth for being on the podcast. Thanks to everybody who listens to the podcast. Uh, You can find these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, just about anywhere you can find your podcast. Give us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really helps get the word out. Uh, We appreciate everybody who has done that. Uh, We appreciate everybody who supports our work. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Uh, you can send me a uh, email at jclay at herald-leader.com. We'll have a podcast later in the week with Josh Moore and with the uh, scouting report on Missouri heading into the Saturday's Kentucky-Missouri game. So be sure and look for that as well. Did a podcast with Mark Story uh, on Sunday and Monday morning about Kentucky's big win over Tennessee last week. So be sure and check that out as well. Once again, my thanks to Seth Galena and my thanks to everybody who listens to these podcasts. And we'll be talking to you again soon.